The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization show, and welcome to Googleization Nation. Uh, if you're not a part of Googleization Nation, I hope you'll join. It's our free community. Uh, we're now about 1,200 strong. Uh, we're growing pretty rapidly, and you'll get updates about uh, the guests and about our podcast, and also weekly, um, starting to do uh, webinars uh, with some experts as well, and uh, you'll get notices about that, which also uh, brings me up to the point of if you go to geekskeezersgoogleization.com, uh, that's the website, or you can go to besthrpodcast.com, takes you to the same place. Uh, literally just minutes ago, I went up and I purchased Best HR Webinars. And uh, that's take, that'll take you a direct link to all the upcoming webinars that uh, I've got. And it will also take you to all the previous webinars. Uh, everything's recorded, so you get to listen to those. Now, any of the live ones that I'm doing are also may have sharp, if they meet the, the uh, credentials, uh, there will be SHRM credits, SHRM as, uh, PDC credits, professional development credits uh, available for some, not all, but some of those. Uh, and just kind of give you a quick rundown. Uh, if you go to, as I said, best HR, uh, best HR webinars, uh, you see the talent desert. Uh, that's a repeat. We're actually doing a non-core performance with Dr. Ed Gordon. Uh, we're talking about the, the current and future labor markets, especially with lo- job skills. Tuesday, I've got John Sinai. John is, uh, he's South African. Uh, he's actually had Singularity University in Africa. Uh, he is, he's just an incredible guy. He's got great stuff going on about the future. And one of the things that when I reached out to him, he was talking about our world uh, going from complicated to complex. And how we have to approach it, not to be efficient, but to be robust. And I thought that was um, not only clever, I, it resonated. It is, is because we, we keep looking of what is it going to take to get to this new normal uh, or whatever one would call it. He calls it future next. So that's Tuesday. And again, you can get to that by going to besthrwebinars.com. Uh, the following week, we've got Diane Hamilton, do, uh, Dr. Diane Hamilton. Uh, Dr. Hamilton was one of our guests uh, a while ago, yeah. and she wrote a book, Cracking the Curiosity Code. Uh, she's working on some new projects. She works with some of the some amazing companies and amazing people. So that's there. And then the following week, we actually have somebody from H, uh, HC Moneyball, which is Human Capital Moneyball. And we're going to talk about the velocity of opportunity uh, in diversity and inclusion. And it's pretty striking. There's not only a gender gap and a pay gap, not only between not only genders, but also between races. But the 
the velocity, the opportunities are just not presented within the same company to people of race and color and different ethnicities. So um, kind of amazing. And she's got the data to back it up, which is the amazing thing. So we got a lot going on. So if you go to, uh, if you want to keep track of most of what, what I do on a weekly basis, other than the regular business, you know, selling tests, uh, it's uh, doing the podcast, the Geek Skeezers Googleization. And now we started to do the webinars. Um, and that's just the beginning. Well, we have yeah. some good stuff going on. Ira, I can't imagine two people on earth that could keep up with what you're doing. I can't. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, on my own. <laughs> I love, I love the 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 guests that you have coming on, Doctor Diane. Uh, I was, I spoke with her, but I wasn't able. I think I'm in. A, I think it was like an off day kind of thing where you and her recorded the uh, the podcast. But I think her so. and I it's spoke. Been a while, yeah. Great conversations, dude. Great topics. Uh, I'm curious what what he means by robust. That's a, a words yeah, words well, are fun in. these days. Hey, go to besthrwebinars.com and register, Keith. There you go. <laughs> so now he he uh, and actually in the um, I think I did that if on on the uh, outline, but if not, or on the uh, registration page, but if not, it's in a LinkedIn post. Uh, he uh, almost every day. I don't know if he does it every day, but almost every day he releases like a five minute video and he talks about something. And I just happened, I, I happened to catch with that, that one because it always resonates with me talking about complicated versus complex. Uh, it was a concept that I picked up, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, I think a Harvard business review article or something. And it talked about how We've created, you know, we used to live in a simple world and then it became complicated and people got confused by that. And now we're in this complex world. And he gives some great examples of what the difference is. And also he says, but the, the challenge is it's not just becoming faster and better. We have to think differently. And uh, and he didn't go into too much detail with that. But uh, that was why I I challenged him to do it. Um, Again, he lives in South Africa, and uh, we, so we, we had to figure out the time zone. So we're doing it at 1 o'clock on next Tuesday. Uh, uh, but I'm really excited about it. He's a super bright guy. He's easy to listen to. He's got that great South African accent, and uh, he, he's, he's just down to earth. I mean, he, he's, he's certainly, uh, for, for the respect and for the position, uh, how well he's respected in, in people who follow the, future, the futurists. Uh, so really excited about that. Sweet. Uh, so you're just coming back from a couple of days off. Yeah. 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 It was a wild trip. Um, it's almost like I planned it perfectly where we got some really good news on the from the ROI shop where Ira, we're seeing and I don't know if it's ironic or intentional, but we are seeing a massive uptick in HR vendors, HR tech vendors coming back to us, circling back to us from earlier in the year. Mm hmm. Getting ready to just move forward, I, I you know, there, it's it, there's something to be said for the organizational development. I know that Tim and us are going to talk about you know leadership development, but I get the sense that there's at least from a sales perspective, vendors are feeling more comfortable with putting their best foot forward now to uh, I'll say recharge the market, right? Re mm -hmm. Go after it a little bit more. Um, but it's really interesting that, that, you know, it's wild, dude, the momentum of the business world came to such a screeching halt, you know, for those of us that are out there trying to re regain momentum, you can almost feel it instantly because it's been lacking for so long. It's a yeah, wild. Well, component. I wish I could say that. And maybe as I was wrapped up doing other things, but, uh, you've heard me say that before I was, I'm still in shock. <laughs> 
because in the beginning of March and the end of February, when this started to happen and conferences started to get, uh, you know, to go away. And the I, I, I've lived through I've lived through a lot of these recessions, but the most recent ones were certainly 9-11 and, and 2008. And every, when everybody quit hiring, when unemployment jumped, no one no one called me about testing. Nobody said, hey, do you have a good pre-employment test? We think, we're thinking of instituting this now. This is a great time to do it. Um, our business was up 50%. It's, it never, it not only didn't stop, but it continued. And so I, this is a whole other conversation because we want to get to Tim Spiker, who's our guest today. We're talking about leadership, which is a whole other challenge. Uh, one of the things that I'm wondering, uh, and I'll be interested to hear his take, is, you know, we, everybody went into the shell. And, you know, especially in HR and, and, you know, every day you read that everybody laid off every all their business development people. The only people that they kept on staff were their tech, you know, and support people. Uh, but everything went on freeze mode. But the market's not that I mean, we still have high unemployment. The unemployment numbers are, are continuing to go up. We still have bad news. The pandemic's not under control by any means. Uh, so why is it? And there's obviously a lot of companies that are still hiring. You know, the, the, you know, whether it's distribution or grocery stores or pharmacies or, uh, you know, it's not restaurants, the entertainment fields, the industry still shot. And, but there's other industries that are manufacturing. I mean, we still have to eat and feed and build, you know, people are building again and and uh, infrastructure. Uh, so th and those companies are still struggling. And I think what's happened is that excluding the entertainment business and hospitality, the other companies that are still strong decided they have to do it better. They've, they've got to take this opportunity and regroup and do it better than they did in the past. And that opens the door up for the HR tech. So, you know, despite the fact that we may see that 30 or 40 percent of companies go under, the 60 percent that's going to survive recognize that we have to they have to do it better. You know, and we're going to bring Tim in uh, in, a, in a, a minute, right? Um, yep. But I, I want him to be ready because you and I have this weird like Twilight Zone thing going on because <laughs> we were talking about all of this a year ago. We were talking about a massive need. And, you know, I posted on LinkedIn because the thought literally occurred to me yesterday. I posted on LinkedIn about it. Did anyone else notice the massive compelling event that took place, right? Like there's a huge call to action and it's going to separate the pretenders from the contenders. And uh, that speaks to every bit of an organization, whether that's customer service, uh, R&D, sales, mm -hmm. um, recruitment, all of it. Like the time now for an organization to pull ahead of their peers and their competition, I don't think there's any, been anything like it. I mean, you've been around longer longer than I am with regards to the number of uh, market resets and, and recessions mm -hmm. and whatnot. I think now is a phenomenal opportunity to really gain a lot of ground on or get ahead of your competitors. Yeah, oh, there's no question about that. And again, people are really struggling. And and just and right before we we had the Tim, and this sort of sums up where we were right after we I, I we did the first session of the Talent Desert with Dr. Gordon, and he was talking about you know despite 50 million people on employment we still have this huge skill gap i get a call from a guy uh, i won't even tell you the state so they don't nobody can recognize it uh but it was it was out in the midwest a central it's actually the central states and he's got a small company uh he's got about 60 employees and he does uh he had right now has 120 million dollars 
of proposals. He's in the construction business. $120 million of proposals on his desk that he can't fulfill because he doesn't have, he can't find superintendents, project managers, and tradespeople to fill them. Right. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it like, starts It starts from the top. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. It, and it goes back to the skills. It goes yeah. back to, you know, yeah, there's 50 million people unemployed, but you can't take, you know, you can't take everybody and throw them into a construction job. And you can't take people who were in construction or working in a, in a hotel and put them into an operating room. So we still have these skill gaps. And, and, and those are the companies. That's why I reached out. He had to do that, which right. leads into our guest today, which is Tim right. Spiker. Uh, we just met Tim uh, two minutes before the show. Uh, he's the founder of a company called The Aperio, which I've got to talk. We'll, we'll find out what that means. Uh, we also so we, all, we had a guest on a few months ago. I don't know if you remember, Keith, but her company is called Aperio. So we got The Aperio and we got Aperio. Um, he, uh, he's also founder of who, not what principle, and he's the author of a book, the only leaders worth following, which is why what we're going to talk about today, uh, I never thought of that question. Uh, you know, we think about what, what are the characteristics and who do you read, but I don't know if anybody's ever asked me and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those old guys. Uh, I don't know if anybody's asked me in all those years of why do I follow that person? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's sort of what qualities does he have, but not that. So, Tim, welcome to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Thanks, Ira. Thanks, Keith. Oh, welcome. So, I, did we cover your bio? Is there anything I missed in there? I know <laughs> no. it, it goes longer no, than that. That's, pl <laughs> that's plenty on the bio. Plenty on the bio. Actually, I want to start by congratulating you, Ira, because. If you decided you wanted besthrwebinars.com and you just went and got that thing, that doesn't always work out that way. So congratulations on picking that up and I making sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I can't. Well, I appreciate you even recognizing that. I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, I actually went up a couple weeks ago and when yeah. got it today as I was preparing for this show. I, we went up and got H, best HR podcasts, and I go, there there's go. no way that's available. We can do <laughs> hyphens, we can do dot something else, dot net, dot biz, uh, but no, it's available. So uh, there's that, that magical moment where you click on it, like man, there's because no way. I, I've had a lot <laughs> of other, I've had a lot of other ideas that was like, oh, <laughs> no one ever thought of this before, and they go, oh, not available, not available, not available. <laughs> so, yeah. But then, been done that. You tell you're a marketing guy too, right? <laughs> so the congratulations on that. Then I noticed Keith tried to make a point that you're older than he is. So maybe that's a condolence <laughs> on that side. So, so yeah. Well, I'm the uh, I'm definitely the geezer of the two of us. Other when it comes, except for technology and doing all these things. So. But he's got an excuse. He's raising two boys. So, <laughs> so, um, so hey, let's start out. Uh, you you wrote this book. Uh, what what certainly caught my eye was the title of your book. Well, let's go to what Perio. What is a Perio? Perio is Latin for the reveal, and the work that we do is primarily in the space of revealing truths about leadership that are absolutely critical that, that not enough people are recognizing or talking about. So that's why we are the Aperio. Perfect. So that leads into the next question. Um, you, you also have, uh, it says you're the founder of Who Not What Principle. Uh, talk to us about the, what, what is that and, and how, did you just, how did you figure that out? Well, I didn't do it alone, as most as most stories of substance. There were many other people involved, but I was working for a boutique consulting firm in leadership development space, and uh, we had, you know, you're talking about tests. We had a, 
a lot of uh, personality, natural ability, and Leadership 360 measurements on the people that were spending uh, time with us a week at a time. And we decided to crunch those numbers and look for correlations. And my colleague, Vanessa Kiley, she was our resident number cruncher. And uh, she dug in to see if there are any, you know, people, our clients would ask us, you know, is there a magical formula between personality, natural ability that, that produces or has a better chance of producing a more effective leader? So we had the data. We looked into it. I still remember the, the evening. It was late evening. Well, one day, walked into her office. What did you find? And she said, well, she said nothing because there were no correlations. <laughs> we were we were disappointed by that at a certain level, but at least I had an answer when the when the clients would ask that question. And as I was walking out of Vanessa's office, she said, "But we did find a correlation somewhere where we weren't looking." To which I turned around and said, "Well, tell me about that." And uh, I love research stories where you find something different than you were looking for. And that was our story. And, and what she found is that within the confines of our Leadership 360, we had eight different categories. And what we found is that just two of our eight categories were driving almost 70% of the variability in the assessment. And, you know, if those eight things were all equally important, two areas should have been worth 25%. Uh, years later, Vanessa reran the research when we had 10 times the data, and that number went all the way up to 77%. So those two areas of leadership were significantly more important than the other six areas. And about three years later, when I, after I'd, I was uh, gone from the consulting firm at that point, but I was sitting in my office one day, and it was like the bell went off. Um, and I just looked at those those eight characteristics and noticed that there was something different about those two that were driving the lion's share of leadership effectiveness. And the reality of it is that those two were about who the leader is as a human being. And the other six were about what a leader does. And that's when it all clicked. And that's the who not what principle, which is three quarters uh, to round it down from 77%, three quarters of our effectiveness as leaders comes from who we are, not what we do. So oh, you got you, you got us sitting at the edge of our seats here. Jim. I know you're what, killing. What, <laughs> so what are those what two? Let's let's, let's do the drum roll and open get the envelope. <laughs> the two things are being inwardly sound and being others focused. Now those we can break down into a lot of component parts, but if we just keep it there at that high level. I think most people will hear those terms and say, yeah, I think I have a rough idea of what it means to be inwardly sound. And I have a rough idea of what it means to be about, to be others focused. I had, uh, I was doing a radio interview a few weeks ago and the uh, person who was interviewing me said, so when you say inwardly sound, you mean the person's not a dumpster fire. <laughs> and I thought, well, that is uh, that's one way to put it. But you're talking about people who are who are self-aware, who are personally secure. You know, they don't need the world to tell them how great they are in order to have a sense of settledness and confidence about who they are. They're, you know, they're, they're purposeful. They're, they're investing their life rather than, rather than uh, just spending it to borrow a term from the on purpose person. And when we think about that, you know, that's a person who's inwardly sound kind of carrying those qualities and then others focused, you know, these falling into that category are terms that people are going to be familiar with. And you just you just mentioned Dr. Diane Hamilton and, and her curiosity work. Curious is in there. 
empathic uh, empathic is in there. I think you guys had a chance to talk about empathy not long ago with uh, Lisa Schwartz. I think you had on on your show talking about mm-hmm. empathy. So that's an outward focusing empathy saying that I, as the leader, am not the only person that matters in this equation. The emotions and realities of other people matter, too. And then we get into ideas like uh, humility uh, comes up as a big one. And so those are the things that swim in that pool of being others focused. So if I am a, a stable, reliable person and I'm showing up in this leadership position, not for my own gratification, not for my own bank account, not for my own career, but for the people that I'm leading. These are the two things that drive my leadership uh, through the roof, frankly. And unfortunately, uh, we don't see much of the world, whether you're talking about business, certainly not in politics, higher education, athletics. you can look at any aspect uh, where you could see any leaders, not very much development is being done in the space of who, even though it's three quarters of leadership. Oh, you know where I'm going with this one, Ira. Go for it. Well, so, so um, Tim, a little backstory here uh, for, on my end. Um, uh, less than 15 months ago, I was laid off. And not only did I decide I was diving into the deep end of the pool in terms of entrepreneurship, but I I started with something I called life work integration based off of my times as a software sales rep going in and out of companies and recognizing how failed work-life balance was mm. and how it impacted the strain and the stress mm-hmm. and the productivity. So Absolutely. I kind of put that as my X on the map where I'm trying to help companies work through this and, and leadership develop that, mm-hmm. that mindset. So that's my way of saying that I'm totally engaged with the idea that others focused and in, inwardly sound characteristics really set the course. I'm curious, where are the inward ba- inwardly sound and other focused people so that we could develop that? Like how, how do you find like how are organizations finding those types of people inside of their organizations or is there a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a path where yeah. somebody can get onto that can help expedite the number of people that they're developing? Well, there's not a magic selection tool because these things are really hard to interview for. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. Um, I just got a question from a client here this week who is being intentional about making sure that they're interviewing for who. And, you know, one way to do that, even though it is still very challenging, is to ask those behavior-based questions that so many people are familiar with, but to ask them with an ear towards who. So if you ask somebody about, tell me a time when you led a team to a great accomplishment, for example, to use a a, typical behavior-based question, if their answer doesn't include the recognition and praise for other people on the team, you should pay attention to that. Now, that doesn't mean they're a horrible person. And that doesn't mean the interview is over. But if you consistently don't hear language that suggests that other people are important to this person who's moving into a leadership position, that should give you a red flag. You should be concerned about that because, again, this is, you know, you put these two things together, inwardly sound and others focused. We're talking about 77 percent of leadership. That's an enormous percentage. So you don't want to miss on on either one of these things. Now, you also ask about path. And frankly, this is the this is the drum that I try to beat as much as I can, uh, just because I'm so passionate about the message. But when we're talking with organizations and helping them take a look 
at the various leadership development initiatives and programs that they have going on in the organization. We, we just ask them to evaluate how many of them are about developing the, the core, the center of who their leaders are as human beings. And the answer is scary few. And so as, as an organization, if you want to have an organization filled with world-class and exceptional leaders, then you have to have world-class and exceptional leadership development, which has to include diving into these areas of inwardly sound and others focus. So from a path standpoint, if you're, if you're influencing, you're an HR leader in an organization, to step back and look at your leadership development and say, how much of this is really about helping people become and that's a really important word because we're not just talking about skills or knowledge. We're talking about who the person is at the core of themselves as a human being. You want to help them have a path towards becoming more well-developed as a human being. And if not, you're missing on a huge part of what makes a leader effective. And and we keep hearing that message over and over again, especially the last few weeks we've been talking about uh, the humanness uh, yeah. is one term or, or the humanization uh, you know, going back to that, that we be we we're so focused on technology and automation and and so forth over the last few years. So the uh, COVID nineteen has been been a wake up call, and hopefully people are going to take advantage of that. Uh, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, and we've got our guest today is Tim Spiker from the Aperio, and also uh, from Who Not What Principle. We are talking about leadership. Uh, there's certainly a huge gap in uh, or a void, I would say. Uh, and, and that's not a political statement by any means. But as I, because I, because I, think, I think both parties, whatever side you're on, are looking over oh. the fence at the other party and yeah. saying there's a leadership void. Uh, so um, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to bridge that gap. Uh, well, we are trying to bridge that gap. Uh, we're trying to get everybody on a, at least have a level playing field. But uh, So we're going to continue this conversation in just a few minutes. Uh, right now, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai. We really thank them. They've been with us uh, for nine months now, so we appreciate them being part of it. You'll hear about what they do in just a minute. And then Success Performance Solutions uh, is also a sponsor. And uh, you'll hear from them, too. So we're going to take a sh quick break. Uh, you can hear from them and stay right where you are. We'll be back in under two minutes. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chatbots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 
Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's xor.ai. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with Keith Compagna, uh, my co-host and our guest today. And we've been having a great conversation with Tim Spiker from The Aperio. And uh, as the name says, he's been revealing what <laughs> leadership effectiveness looks like. Uh, we were talking about the top two, uh, that 75% or 77% to be more exact, uh, of what leadership comes from. And that was inwardly sound and others focused. So, Tim, I've got two questions here. One is, that sounds pretty similar, uh, not to a lot of what when people talk about emotional intelligence mm -hmm. or emotional quotient, uh, you know, and, and for those who aren't familiar with that, uh, you know, it's basically one is having high self-awareness and then being able to manage yourself. So that sounds like inwardly sound mm -hmm. uh, to some degree. I'm sure uh, it might be more complicated than that. And then it's also having social awareness, recognizing other people's emotions and then the ability to do something about that. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how I mean, am I right? Am I in the right track here? Is this pretty similar to that or um, deeper or? Yeah, I think, you know, emotional maturity, we talk about what does it mean to be emotionally mature? And that is the only one of our categories that puts a foot in both worlds of inwardly sound and others focused. Everything else that we dig into is either one camp or the other. But that one in particular, of course, Daniel Goleman's been an incredible pioneer in that space to talk about just the things you were just mentioning in terms of the, the emotional self-awareness, the ability to manage yourself. But ultimately, there are pieces of inwardly sound others focus that are broader than that. So one, one, for example, that would take us, you know, the rest of our lifetimes to dig into. But if you talk about security, inner security, what does it mean to be secure and settled as a human being? And why is that so critical in the leadership space? Certainly that has an impact on our ability to be emotionally mature, but there's a breadth to the idea of dealing with insecurity that I think goes outside the range of what does it mean to be emotionally mature? So emotion, uh, dealing you know, emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, being emotionally mature, absolutely critical part of who you are, but there are some other pieces to this story that go outside the bounds of that. Yeah, and, and that's, I assume there was more, well, obviously there's a lot more than just self-awareness is pretty broad too, and going back yeah, to yeah. what we talked right. about before, self-awareness is also, you. In, or, in order to do any of this, you have to have a high level of curiosity. Yeah, And, and that seems to be where we get stuck. Uh, and and uh, Dr. Hamilton, uh, have, you know, what her focus is, is not that we, it's, it's she doesn't teach people and she doesn't assess people how to be more curious. What she does is she looks at what holds people back because we're mm -hmm. all curious from from you know the day we're born. I mean, we've got a 11 month old grandson and he's always looking around. He's always touching. Everything's new. He touches everything. You 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 move and he he watches you. Uh, and then all of a sudden it becomes you know either it's fear or technology or. Uh, you know, it's fear from others. It's fear of being, making a mistake. It's being mm -hmm. reprimanded. We stop being curious. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. And then there's other people that just don't have that innate nature to ask a lot of questions, which brings me to the question yeah. is you, you know, I've, I've been around a while. You, you, you're obviously been doing it and study that um, nature or nurture. You, you brought this up earlier a little bit. 
so I mean, often you hear people will say, I'm just not a good leader or I can't be a manager. I'm just not good at supervising people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how do how do you help or how, how can we help people get beyond that? I mean, I think the super the super short answer is it's both. And, you know, I think my observation in doing leadership work for 18 years now is that there are people that do have innate abilities to lead. Uh, they, they have an understanding. Sometimes it's unconscious uh, or subconscious might be a better way to say that. And then there are, but they can always get better. My, the analogy with that, I think, is akin to athletic ability or musical ability. Um, There are people that are born with extraordinary levels, but if they're going to be the very best of their potential, they still have to practice. They still need to coach. They still need to work on their craft. And, and, you know, if there's not a story that's more overtold in the business space of the talent that's unfulfilled, I don't know. I mean, little rivals that one in terms of getting repeated over and over again. So no matter how you kind of entered this world, whether you have a natural inclination for leading effectively or not, I think the story is the same, is we want to work on what we've got so that we can better be better than we would have been. And so regardless of where you start on the spectrum, I think that's the story. Okay. So where do we go from here, Tim? You know, we've got plenty of opportunity. We've got, I mean, I can't, Again, um, I know that you haven't listened to – sounds like you've done a decent amount of research, and thank you for that. But one of the things that just happened to work out for us on the podcast earlier in the year was how many people we just had as guests that were mindset-focused, emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence-focused. And I can't help but think that this is as much of a needed skill that to be developed as, uh, let's call it, employee engagement software – in the post-COVID world, <laughs> yeah, where do we start? Where do we? How do? How are you getting people to recognize the value of leadership development now? Well, and then primarily, I'm just putting the research in front of them, frankly, and I'm saying, here's the research. Here's how we did the research, and when you know, it's one of those things is when you when you show people the research and then ask them to start looking back on their own experience, the anecdotes and the research match up line by line. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, tell me about the, the best leader that you've ever personally followed. And just listen. And then I invite you guys to try this, invite the listeners to try this. Ask somebody that question and really listen to what they're saying, because the vast majority of what you're going to hear when you when you ask that question are comments about who that person is as a human being. And so people I get the I get the joy and the uh, the blessing of getting to be around people who are encountering that question for the first time. And you just listen to them and just reflect back to them. Um, I do this in rooms of, of, of exec, excuse me, of executives all the time, where we'll say, talk to each other about the best leader you've ever followed. And then I say, okay, we're going to go around the room and tell me what you heard from the other people that made that person the best leader that person that they've ever followed. And up at the front of the room, I have a piece of paper or a flip chart where I'm keeping track of whether they talk about a what based leadership skill or who that person was as a human being. And every single time in every room that I've ever been in, the data in in that room matches up the research with 20,000 data points. And it always ends up in somewhere between 70% and 90% of the comments that come back in the room 
are about who that person was. And so when you give people some experiences like that, say, here's research. It's not just anecdotal. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm an electrical engineer by education. So that kind of freaks some people out, but I still, hey, I'm a I'll, dentist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll top you. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. That is a topper. Um, but I love numbers. And so, yeah, there's a humanness that we're talking about, but there's also a scientific backing to this. And so once you begin to marry people's experiences with the research, then by and large, people become open. And now we begin talking about, okay, how? Find him. I buy, I buy the message. I buy the research. It makes sense. But how on earth could I actually become more others focused? How on earth could I actually become more inwardly sound? And we start down that path together to talk about what are ways that people could actually become more well-developed human beings. And so that's that's been our process. Tim, are there are there any um, a, any comments or any responses you got that that stand out that you remember when you ask that question? In terms of best leaders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I think probably the most common comment in that space is about somebody who is willing to invest time in me as a developing professional, as a developing leader. I mean, that's that's probably the number the number one quality. Now, notice what they're saying, and this is where I want to draw that distinction between the what of leadership and the who. Cultivating talent is critical, and it's really important from a leadership standpoint. And there is a skill to that. But when they talk about their own development and somebody who invested in them, they don't go on and on about how skillful the person was at asking questions. They talk about how generous they were with their time. And you think about how busy leaders are, that's why that thing stands out. So we've got to understand, even as somebody is talking about they developed me, their emphasis is almost always on the generosity of the person. And what is generosity? That's a willingness to give of your time. That's a willingness to invest. And that comes, that's that That's that other focus piece that, that we're talking about. You, you'll, you'll really, you'll enjoy this, uh, I, I think. Uh, and we will probably have to top off, talk offline about it. Um, but I work, I'm working with Dr. Coker and he'll be one of our guests in, in the future. Um, I've known him for 25 years and he created a trust profile. Uh, are, are you trustworthy? Worthy. And what what just brought that up is that he, it looks at transparency, how transparent you are, uh, which is another one of those qualities, mm-hmm. uh, how authentic, how yep. relatable you are, how predictable, not that you're always right, but that people, you know, they don't get Jekyll on one day and Hyde on the next. Yes. Uh, but the, the the one of the other factors was empowerment. And it's mm-hmm. not that do you empower people? It's do people feel empowered around you? which was really interesting because people say, oh, you know, I delegate and I share and I coach, I mentor. But on the flip side of that is, do the people feel that way or do they feel that they're they're still afraid of making a mistake? And and that's what you just said. Well, I mean, that's that's that gets back to we mentioned secure and settled earlier. I mean, how many leaders are afraid to share the responsibility because they understand that their career, their next move is on the line if the people that they are leading don't perform. And so there's an insecurity there. There's a fear there. And so I'm trying to delegate. I'm trying to mentor. But 
it doesn't feel that because I'm not actually letting go because this inner reality about me, my insecurity, or it could be just, hey, I want the next biggest paycheck. So it could just be greed. We can go there. Those things are internal, very internal to who I am. And they hold me back from being a better developer of people and developing this piece of trust. Can I say something about trust? Because I was just, I'm, trust is such a huge part of this. And um, I want to paint a picture for everybody around why the who, not what principle exists. And it's one thing for us to have done a research study and saying, hey, look at this, three quarters of leadership is a function of who you are, not what you do. But it's a totally different conversation to say why. And the why isn't overly complicated, but I think it's really important if we're going to make a case for it to explain it. So we have these two qualities, inwardly sound and others focused. And when I see somebody who is stable and sane and steady. And then they add into that, that they're showing up for the sake of other people. My trust with that person goes way up. Trust, there's a connection between trust and engagement that does not get enough airplay anywhere, in my opinion. No, I agree. And and, and so when you trust somebody and they ask you to run through a wall, you run through the wall. When you don't trust somebody and they ask you to run through the wall, you like take six steps and kind of bump it and kind of wonder whether or not I should be doing this, what's the angle? That's obviously a a metaphor, but it's an example of how we go into things and what a pivotal role that trust plays in engagement. And then as a lot of people will have seen uh, from from Gallup, there's, there's over 300 studies worldwide that connect engagement directly to performance and results. And so that's that's the that's how it works. You start out and I loved what you said earlier about trustworthy. We have this conversation with our clients all the time. Um, I'm not saying that the goal of building trust is a bad goal or the wrong thing. But here's what I would rather us all talk about if we're trying to be the best leaders we can be. I would rather us talk about how do I become more trustworthy? I think that's a better question. I think that's the more important question. And so inwardly sound and others focused begets trust. Trust leads to engagement. Engagement produces better performance and better results. That's We call that the arc of leadership. And that's why the who, not what principle exists. So so, so I'm going to tell let all our listeners know, right before you, you call Tim, uh, go up to my website, Success Performance Solutions, and right at the top is a button and it says white paper, how to build trust. It's a free white paper, download it, and I'll actually take you to uh, one of the parts of that. We'll, there's actually, a, the, right now it's free. There will be eventually a paywall uh, in front of it, but uh, right now you can take a trust profile and find go. out how trustworthy you are. And uh, that's what you and I need to talk about off the show. So <laughs> okay. uh, how, to, how to introduce that. You were also talking a little bit about the fixed and growth mindset. Are you familiar with that principle, Tim? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, that's a problem with leaders. And and we had uh, one of the webinars uh, two weeks ago with, with uh, Sarah Turner. We were talking about diversity, inclusion, and fixed mindset. Um, but one of the problems is as a leader, people get hired. And then they're expected to not make any mistakes because, hey, that's what I, what am I paying you all that money for? Why are you asking us how to do this? And, um, you know, that fortunately is changing, too, which fits into your principles of inwardly sound and other focus about how you lead. But uh, that's an important function. And a lot of people you, you mentioned that earlier, you referenced that that sometimes people get into leaders and then they're they're afraid to uh, they'll screw up their career, you know, their next career bump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a little bit related to that, I'd say the number one question that we get is can people grow and develop in who they are later in life? 
because there's this perception back to you know to the fixed piece. Now, of course, this idea is in the mindset of the leader. If you have a mindset that you can't grow, then guess what's going to happen? Nothing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as a leader, you have to have the mindset. But from a statistical and a research standpoint, there is. I mean, people took the idea of great growth in the early adolescent years. That was you know originally from a Swiss psychologist, uh, Jean Piaget. They take that. They see people later in life who are not unable but unwilling to grow mm-hmm. and develop, and they've right. reached an erroneous conclusion, which is after the age of 30, we can't really grow and develop. And there's there's research out there that shows it. Uh, from there, I mean, there's various research studies that have shown it. Theo Dawson and Cheryl Armand are the two researchers that are primarily shown that. But then there's anecdotal evidence, and, and most of the work that we do is with people that are not in their early 20s. Uh, lots of times they're in their 40s and 50s. And when somebody's willing to do the work, great things happen. Uh, if When somebody's willing to have that that growth mindset that, that you mentioned, great things can happen um, if they're willing to do the work. But they have to be willing to do the work. There was an executive that we had the privilege of working through, somebody who was really willing. And I keep saying that because it's so important. About 18 months into uh, this work on, on who uh, this leader was as a person, one of his folks came to him and said, 18 months ago, I wanted to get out of here and you were the reason. And now I want to stay here and you are the reason. And, and that's just an anecdotal story that matches up with the research, research, which says you don't have to be 25 years old to grow and develop in who you are. And Tim, I, I, we're, we're amazing. There's so many more things. We, we can, leadership's my topic, and I know, uh, you know, Keith too, so we can go on forever with it. But we're almost out of time. We got a, just a few minutes yeah. left. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? How can they get your book? Um, what's the best way to reach you? Great. So thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks. So the, the easiest website to find us at, is at the, T-H-E, onlyleaders.com. And uh, whether you get the book from our website, it's available on Amazon. Uh, those are you know two possibilities, but you have a chance there. We got a we've got a couple of offers, well, one one for anybody and others for the listeners of this show. So uh, we're going to have a study guide that's going to come out to go along with the book. And if somebody's interested in signing up to be a part of our email list, they'll get the study guide for free. Um, but we want to make an offer to to this group is that there's a promo code when you go to that website, theonlyleaders.com. There's a place for a promo code. If your listeners want to put in there 3G for the for the title of your, of your podcast, um, then they have an opportunity. We'll take $500 off. We take people on what's called a who, a who not what journey, and we do that over uh, longer periods of time. But anybody that enters 3G in there, we would give them. We're starting new groups in 2021, so if anybody enters that, we'll, we would be happy to give them $500 off a who not what journey with us starting uh, in 2021. Appreciate it. And that's the only leaders.com. The right? only leaders.com. Yeah. And, it. and that's the, th- it's three G's, right? Three G G not three or three G three G. You know, if somebody puts G G G, we're going to count it. So just want to make sure. So we, we know we've done it. We've had people do it both ways. I do it both ways. So okay. appreciate that. We Tim, don't accept um, either one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super. I appreciate that. So this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, it, it's been it's been fun. And again, uh, we'll definitely have to have you back. 
leadership. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's still going to be. We're still going to have this void. We didn't fix it today. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. there's always going to be work to do. And and when and when we run out of work for helping other people, then all we have to do to get going again is look in the mirror and see how much work we need to do on ourselves. So, right. <laughs> there's always going to be work. Right. And there we go, Keith. We got another one. Another good one. Another great opportunity. Yeah, really. I mean, thank you so much, Tim and Ira. This is just such it's it's optimistic. It's positive. And and just kind of just dovetailing what it was that Tim just said. It starts from within you. So it's free. It doesn't cost anything. All it takes is a little bit of mindset and uh, and just trust that you could pull this off. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, we appreciate all the, the geek skeezers and Googleization listeners, whether you, it's 3G or GGG, <laughs> however you want to get there. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, to listen to any of our previous podcasts and this one, again, um, you can go to uh, geekskeezersgoogleization.com or our brand new version of that, which is besthrpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, what else is going on? Oh, and don't forget to go to besthrwebinars.com and register for the webinars coming up next week, the following week. We got Curiosity Code. We got Future Next. Uh, we got the Talent Desert uh, and a few more. So uh, go to besthrpodcasts.com, besthrwebinars.com. And uh, we got to thank Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution again for allowing us to be here. Appreciate you being our sponsors. Please visit their websites as well. And don't forget to join us next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. Uh, don't forget to listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify. Please leave a review. Let a lot of people know if you're liking it. Let us know if you like it, and uh, hopefully we can continue to grow our base here. So until the next episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Oh, 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 oh